Latino The great Eddie Guerrero brings us into the show this week. G'day, everyone, and welcome. You are on the turnbuckle here on www.mypodcasthouse.com. Thanks for joining us. We've uh, loved you being a part of the show for the first five or so weeks, and we continue it with some great guests again this week. I say good day to my co-host, Welshy. Hey, Tony. Welcome back. Good to be back after leaving you guys loose in the uh, the jungle last uh, week. Your suspension. Oh, no, 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 it was my choice, wasn't it? No, not after your editing job the week before. It was a suspension. I didn't think we were going to talk about that. We talked about it last week. Obviously, you listened to the show. No, I wasn't here. <laughs> Lyle, hello. Uh, how are you going, Tony? Welcome back, mate. I've got you back. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. I knew you would. Yeah, well, just I know you weren't here last week, but podcasts, are, they go worldwide on the internet, mate. So you can download and listen to it while you're on holidays. I might do it on the way home then. No worries, mate. So I'd like to think you're a baby face, but with that haircut, you look anything but. Oh, mate, I, was, I haven't got a hat on tonight. I think that's a, <laughs> I should have had a hat on. Hey, boys, great show last week. Uh, JXT. Yeah, we've had really good feedback on the interview last week. JXT was a lot of fun to have in the studio, as he is to watch wrestle. On a weekly basis. He certainly is. We should mention, too, uh, our song there with Eddie Guerrero uh, was a song that won the poll on Facebook. So each week we've got a, a face-off between two wrestlers. You get to choose which one you'd like to hear as our entrance song for the week. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. He actually defeated Dusty Rhodes, which is one of uh, wrestling's greatest theme songs. It just shows the love for Eddie that people have. On the uh, anniversary, too, of Dusty's death, isn't it? Close, very yeah. close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And... We've got a guest in with us again today, boys. We do. We have an amazing guest with us. He's wrestled pretty much everywhere on the planet. And we've got the mercenary, Slade Mercer. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? Uh, very good, mate. Very good. Uh, feeling a bit different from the weekend, mate? You know, uh, yeah, it's funny you say that. I'm a little bit sore. Uh, so I had a double shot over the weekend. I had Underworld Wrestling on the Friday night. And then I had to catch a 6 a.m. flight to New Zealand, to Queenstown, and I uh, wrestled in Queenstown for SPW on the Saturday night. Beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. be great to get home. What are the crowds like in New Zealand? The crowds in New Zealand are not too dissimilar to Australian crowds. The culture is very similar. They're very sporting cultures, and they like a bit of buffo. So, yeah, the wrestling crowds in New Zealand can be quite rabid, and the crowd in Queenstown... Uh, I think it was close to capacity, nearly 300 in the hall that we had there in the Queenstown Memorial Hall, right in the heart of the city. And, yeah, it was pumping. It was a great house. It was a great night, a lot of fun. So the great thing about New Zealand Rugby Union Rugby League is that they're trying to take the biff out of that sport. So people are hungry for it. They they want to see a good bash-up. Wrestling's a good place to go and see it. I think so. And I, both Australia and New Zealand have a really rich culture when it comes to professional wrestling. And, and so, yeah, I think a lot of that harkens back to it. I know my grandma was a big fan, and so I think it sort of bled from her to me. Oh, that's very good. Uh, yeah, you touched on the, the double shot Friday night, something a bit different, the Fight Club. Uh, yeah, that's more your style, I think. It looked <laughs> like someone that could like, just enjoy beating someone up. For 10 minutes, I reckon. Oh, I, I adore it, yeah. The Underworld was very, very cool. Um, very excited to be a part of what they're doing and, and being a part of their first show on Friday night. And, yeah, you're right. It's absolutely something very different to what anyone else is doing. And 
it's interesting, you know. You see these guys, and you get to see some guys and girls in different personas than you may see them. You get to see it in a different light and a different style. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what comes next. And God bless them for doing that, because if every wrestling promotion was exactly the same, they just put on six matches, you got a little bit of intro music, and uh, wrestling's going to die a very quick death. To have someone like uh, Lord Mark and, and those guys do what they do with, with the Underworld show and Fight Night is just, yeah, really good. Well, I think one of the main reasons we fall in love with wrestling in the first place is the stories and the characters. The theatre. The larger than life. And... Um, you're, you're, you've got your character down, Pat. Uh, as soon as your music hits, everyone's hands go up in the air. Uh, can you uh, fill us in on the origin of that? Of the hands? Yeah. The hands came up, I came up with that a couple of years ago now. So I was at a point in my career where I had, I had, I knew what I was going to do when I had an idea for my character and, and I was kind of like, oh, there's something a little bit missing. I remember I would come to the ring and I didn't really have anything specifically I would do. And at the time, this was a couple of years back now, it was before emojis sort of became really prevalent. If you look at any kind of social medias or posts now, it's always emojis. There's that fire emoji or yeah. all sorts of stuff. So it was before that kind of took off as a thing. And I was, I saw that two hand emoji and someone had, someone had explained to me. And I think initially it was intended as like, thank God, thank God for Slade Mercer. Thank God he's here because uh, everyone else sucks. But it ended up evolving, and you know, I think it's stuck because it's easy to people for people to do, and and you know what, they like it, they like doing it. So if if I just keep coming out and putting my hands in the air, and everyone else does it, then it just became a thing. We're all doing it now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I it's it's a funny thing, the hand symbol. Um, once guys started taking to it, I was like, okay, well, cool. I just have to make it part of my thing. Um, some guys refer to it as the mercenary salute. So there you go. Good. Now I noticed as soon as the music started, the, there was three or four of us. Our hands went straight up, and then you could see them before you've even come through the curtain. So you know it's definitely it's definitely over. And the the theme music's really well well chosen as well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the Arctic Monkeys song that I use it's it's a personal choice. I like I like that kind of music, but I also think about what I'm trying to portray as a character, and the music can tell that before I come out. Not to mention it's quite slow and plodding compared to what everyone else tends to yeah. have. So I think in that way it's unique as well. Yeah. yeah. No, it works good. It's, sometimes the music tends to blend together with the heavy metal, it's loud, it's, but then you're just strolling out there like, it's no big thing, I'm just going to knock someone's head off. It's deliberate. It's deliberate. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, you're right. And um, on a typical indie show you'll probably see them run through you know, a whole ACDC album. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I wanted to have something different that stood out 100%. Take us back to the early days, mate. How did it all start for you? Oh, the early days. The early days, I started wrestling in 2005, and that was in Wellington in New Zealand. I was 17 at the time, and I came in, and I was one of the biggest dudes already. Like, For uh, what reason? Why did you start? Oh, man, that goes right back to when I was a kid. In New Zealand, I don't know what you guys had growing up here, but in New Zealand we used to get WCW free-to-wear on national television. And so I would have been watching it in the late 90s, early 2000s, and it was on late at night, like 11, 12 o'clock at night. So mum and dad would say, you'd have to go to bed. I'd go to bed at 8. I'd wait till they go to bed. I'd get back up, turn the TV on real quiet, sit in front. And uh, and that was it. I just fell in love with it. And I, I don't know what went through my head when I thought, when I was a teenager, I was like, I think I can do this. But I had the thought, I stuck to it, and I've been doing it ever since. Living the dream. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's rare that people get to 
do what they're passionate about and, and you know, make a bit of coin from it. So I'm very thankful for that. That's good. And you were working, um, you've worked in Japan at, with All Japan. How did that come about? All Japan was through uh, a friend of mine. He'd been watching my work and he said, look, I've got a few guys over there. I'll put you in touch. And and so we did that, put me in touch with this guy. And, and yeah, All Japan was incredible, incredible. It's not, obviously, it's not what it used to be back in the 70s and 80s in terms of its popularity or, or interest from the fan base, but in Japan, it's still huge. It's like nothing else. The fandom in Japan is like nothing else I've experienced. Just these things, you know, you you, you read about where, like, they go to the dojo and, and the boys get drilled there and you hop on the bus and it says Big All Japan across the side of the bus. And when you roll up at the venue, I remember for my first show, got off the bus and sitting in front of me, so they, they organise where you sit. They're very, very uh, organised, the Japanese. And so depending on your seniority will depend on how far back in the bus you are. I was very lucky to be on the back seat. Just in front of me was Junakiyama, who's the boss of All Japan. So I made sure not to kick his seat or, or do anything <laughs> dumb. Um, but I remember I got off the bus at the first venue and there were fans waiting Fans are there in the afternoon waiting for the bus wow. to arrive. And as I came off the bus, they gave me gifts and food. And Jeez. Yeah, it's like nothing else. So uh, I absolutely adored my time in Japan. Hopefully I can go back for All Japan very soon. And they are hard workers, aren't they? I know Japanese in other sports as well and, and just what they go through training-wise and the like. When you're a professional at something in, in Japan, you take it to the absolute nth degree, don't you? Absolutely. You, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. When I met some of these guys who were in the dojo coming up and training, these guys have given up careers in legitimate sports yeah. to be professional wrestlers. There was a kid who was an outstanding rugby player, and he could have gone to university, played rugby at university, but he chose wrestling, a football player, a judoka. Instead, they go, no, I want to be a professional wrestler. They make that commitment, and they take it very seriously, 100%. The training's very serious over there as well. Oh, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Like if you, if you if we talk about the life of a young boy in the dojo, he's getting up at 5, 6 a.m. and they're scrubbing the toilets and cleaning the stairs with a toothbrush. I, I kid you not, like ridiculous stuff like this. And they're doing all of that, and then by 10 a.m. they have to be ready in the ring for training. Training runs for three to four hours. In the Japanese summers, it's hot as anything. And then after that, they have to go and cook lunch. So it's a long day, lots of hard work. They definitely earn their stripes. That's part of paying the dues, I think. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I think, too, it's so respected in Japan because they understand just how hard all, everybody works and, and how hard it is to get anywhere in wrestling in Japan. And we see with sumo wrestling, too. I mean, it, it's sort of a, up on that same level, isn't it? Yeah, very similar. These in fact, are even, sumo wrestlers. Even in the style of training, like sumos will stay in a dojo and they'll be doing similar things and getting up and training for hours and then eating big meals. And yeah, it's very similar to that. And these guys, I mean, all Japan's obviously based in Tokyo, but they've come from all over the country and they've moved away from their families and friends and committed to living in the dojo and, and being a professional wrestler. It's very surreal. It's, like, it's not like anything here or in New Zealand. It'd be amazing to experience the culture as well and, and, and sort of live and breathe it and then bring some of it back here. Yeah, I think what I learned while I was in Japan was just that respect for the business. So if we come back to how hard these guys are working, the referees in Japan, they drive the ring trucks and they drive ahead of all the wrestlers. So when the wrestlers arrive at the venue, the ring's set up, ready to go. 
So while the wrestlers after the show will go to the hotel, relax, have something to eat, the referees are on the road again, getting to the next venue, so it's ready for when the wrestlers arrive. So yeah, everybody has a role to play, everybody takes it very seriously, everybody works really hard. I think culturally it's taken very seriously well, even in the, you know, when they have press conferences and, and stuff like that, um, you know, in newspaper, I know in the newspapers they publish results like it's, you know, legitimate sport, which oh, I I find that's fascinating and great, it's yeah, so I think everyone plays that role perfectly, you know, in that legitimising, you know, pseudo-sport, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and, like, everyone kind of knows, you know, it's been around that long that everyone sort of does it, but because they treat it with such respect and because the fans pay that respect to it too, uh, it keeps that sort of sporting air about it. Yep. Yeah. And take us through wrestling in the States. Cause for me, for, for a young guy wrestling in the States, it would be like going into the EPL in the soccer and you're starting in the lowest division, like Division 5 or something, you're starting an indie show there and you know that you're working your way up to the absolute big show and you know that there's jobs and stuff that you have to do and you have there's, there's rotations and stuff that you have to do to get up there. No one just gets up there from day one. It's a lot of hard work to get to where you want to be. Yeah, in the States, it's a funny one because obviously it's such a big place and there's companies of all shapes and sizes catering to audiences small and large. There are companies in the States that draw smaller houses than companies do here. There are companies in the States that draw massive. Um, and it's very much about – it's still very territorial because, you know, we underestimate the size of America, you know. You're not going to drive from Florida to New York for a show. Uh, so, so, yeah, very territorial and – yeah, you're right. They they do have to work hard. There's a lot of stuff you have to do at the very, very bottom. Um, when I went to the States, I was wrestling with and training with a company called EWF, and they're based out of LA, uh, for a guy called Jesse Hernandez. Mm. If you know like wrestling history, he used to be an, a WWF referee back School in the of 90s. School Hard Knocks. That's exactly right, School of Hard Knocks. And uh, he's produced a, an innumerable amount of talent. And just going there to that school, and like he, he just loves it. You know, He adores wrestling. And he wants to help these kids, you know, achieve their dreams, go out there, perform. And all of those California guys, your likes of Joey Ryan, Scorpio Sky, any of those guys, they all went through Jesse. So, yeah, and there's a lot of that all around the place. There's a lot of places I haven't been to in the States yet, but they're on the bucket list. Oh, that's good. While you're over there, you uh, had a tryout for WWE. What was, I know it wasn't your first one. What was, uh, what was the difference in the tryout? I know you had one in 2008 in New Zealand compared to probably where you were at in your career in 2010 when you had to try it in the States? Was it a big difference for when you're actually at their show compared to when you're at or your home base, I assume? Is there a big difference in that? There really is. So when they come out to Australia or when they uh, come out to New Zealand, it's obviously a live event show, so it's not taped. So it's a little more of a relaxed atmosphere, and they're running the show at their own pace. When I was in the States, my tryout, I went to an episode taping a Raw and an episode taping a SmackDown, and that was in LA and San Diego, respectively. So because it's a taping, it's all hands on deck. Because we're out on the West Coast, they have to start filming earlier to take into account the fact that it needs to start at a certain time on the East Coast. So they'll start recording live at about 5 o'clock, 4.30 in the afternoon, so that it's live at 7, 8 p.m. in New York. And uh, obviously at the time, because it's Raw and SmackDown, I remember at the time it was, yeah, 2010, good, because I'm, I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> 2010 was Shawn Michael versus Undertaker 2 at Ooh. WrestleMania. 
So the retirement match. And if you remember the lead up to it, what they were doing was this Raw, Shawn Michaels was there. And like obviously he wouldn't normally be about Stone Cold was there too, because in the WrestleMania coming up was also Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon, Stone Cold special ref. So he was there to do like a contract signing for them. So like there was a like a serendipitous Raw where all of these superstars came together. And I remember like, yeah, meeting some of these guys. I'm a reasonably sized dude, or at least like generally speaking in terms of like the public or against wrestlers down here. But in the States, I'm not. I'm absolutely not in that locker room. Those guys are giants, every single one of them. The great Height Carl- and width. 100%. Yeah. The great Carly is the biggest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> I, oh, insane. Absolutely insane. Um, and so, yeah, being around it was surreal. In fact, my fav- I think my favorite memory was whenever you see a, an episode of Raw or SmackDown, I don't know if they do it so much anymore, but you know when they used to do the big pyro start? That's the loudest thing in the world when you're backstage. Be, yeah. So, like... You'll watch people, and then when the show's about to start, no one says anything, but you'll start to see people put their fingers in their ears. And I was next to Wade Barrett at the time, and he was like, you should probably put your fingers in your ears. I'm like, oh, why is that? And he's like, you'll see. And then sure enough, and you can watch people jump because they're like, oh, no one told me. You know, they're <laughs> doing the pyro spot. So, um, yeah, just funny stuff like that. And, like, being around all of those guys and girls, a lot of them were so friendly and nice because, you know what, they've been – where I was, you know, trying to come in, trying to get a spot, trying to, you know, be nice to everybody. And you feel like you're walking on eggshells because you have to go into catering and you shake everyone's hands. And yeah, yeah. And I remember too, we're in catering and when The Undertaker walked in, everyone stood up. Really? Yeah. Total respect for Taker. Take, there you go. Walks in, everyone stands up and no one sits down until Taker's gone around. Everyone's shaking everybody's hand and everyone sits down once. And then he has a table off to himself. Him and Michelle McCool, she was still there at the time. So then he goes and sits by himself. So it's a very respectful business. That is an amazing insight. I never knew that. that that's fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. Well, he's the locker room leader. Oh, exactly, know he's not yeah. there yeah. every week. But yeah, why wouldn't you give him the respect? So I get, we, guess we all get to see him uh, in October. Oh, that's exciting, isn't yeah. it? Oh, that's going to be really good. I, I was only talking to someone at the gym just now, coming from the gym, and and like we were we were talking about uh, before, we were talking about how even just casual fans now are, are really really excited for it. I mean, Triple H versus the Undertaker, like that's exciting. Yeah. Who in their right mind would put on a WWE massive show at the MCG the same weekend as Bathurst One Thousand? Yeah, I'm not interested in Bathurst. So they, I'm fine I've got to work there. I can't. You got, you got sick days, mate. You took last week <laughs> off the podcast. So you're off That's at Bathurst. I'll work it out. Um, Slade, when you're when, in Australia, who are your, who are your favourite guys to work with at the moment? Uh, Sid Park is one of my favourites. Him and I have both had some experience in England, and I think when we, we ended up coming back similar times, we never crossed paths while we were there, but when we both came down, we knew that Melbourne was starting to kick off, and so we made that decision to move down here, and we had that sort of similar bond with that time we spent in England. So him and I are on the same page. We have a lot of good chemistry. Uh, JXT's another. Him and I have wrestled all over the place. Yeah, no, uh, I noticed they're going through a lot of match... Uh, results and stuff. JXT's name just kept popping up, popping up. Yeah. He's yeah, he's fantastic to work with. He's he's one of the few guys in this country that gets it, hundred percent. I think JXT's actually got a special love for you, hasn't he, or something? 
did he not write a song for you? <laughs> yeah, the song was funny because obviously we're all jokers and piss takers, and so he came up with alternate lyrics for the song, and that helped my character like innumerably. <laughs> I think we might have Put it. Put those here. headphones on. <laughs> oh, here it is. This. And that's JXD singing, by the way. I don't know if he told you that's not, the, not well. That's the, that's the vocal talents of JXD. And, lyrical talent, and it was at the time too when those like lyric videos were really popular so he's got pictures of me uh, and it dressed up like a fireman and a picture of me wearing but a thank lake. god he's got the lyrics on the video because I have no idea what he's freaking saying the only way I know is from watching it the amount of people that message me and talk about that, uh, you'd be surprised. They love it. <laughs> My oh, favourite line's the the cooking homemade. You've got to try your famous marmalade. Like, you need to use that as an entrance song one night. <laughs> oh, I've had people message me about marmalade, so I thought, man, maybe I'll just grab a couple jars of marmalade, put a Slade label on it, and yeah. maybe I can shill those. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Slade, take us through the next uh, couple of months for you. Some big matches coming up? Big matches coming up, yeah. So next week's BCW. I'm not sure what I'll be doing there yet, but um, that's probably my main haunt. Um, Are you working most weekends? Most weekends, yeah. I'm very lucky because wrestling has become so popular and I operate as an independent. I can go everywhere. Yeah. I make my own deals. HVW uh, is coming back, Hunter Valley Wrestling, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the More Underworld coming up. I'm excited to see what shows kind of get put around that MCG show now because if it's done well and done smart, I mean, that could Correct. be our WrestleMania weekend. Oh, that'll be perfect. With MCW running on the Friday night, Hopefully someone does something on the Sunday. That'd I think a matinee on the Sunday would be a great oh, idea. Great everyone idea. everyone can run. There's going to be every wrestling fan in Australia in Melbourne. From New Zealand, from Asia, yeah, absolutely. And the other good thing too is I think they're going to run, is there a chance of running a Raw show or something on, in Sydney on the week before leading up to it? No, it's just going to be a one-off I down think in Melbourne. Just be the one yeah, the okay. Victorian government paid too much to let somebody get a Raw out of it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do you want to hit your social media Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, on Facebook. My handle is at Kiwi Wrestler. Otherwise, you can search for Slade Mercer. Uh, yeah, please check it out. Please follow if you want to see what I'm up to in the coming weeks and months, the mercenary in action. Oh, that's good. And if anyone wants to find that theme by JXT, just type in Slade Mercer theme. It's the first one that comes up, so you won't be disappointed. It comes up first. I might need to fix that. I don't know if I want it to come up first. Hey, Slade, thanks very much for coming in. Really do appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you and seeing you at a show very shortly. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it, mate. Slade Mercer, the Kiwi wrestler, at Kiwi Wrestler, if you want to follow him on social media, joining us here on the Turnbuckle. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about what's going to happen here in Melbourne in October and plenty much more as well. Welcome back, part two of our podcast here on the Turnbuckle. You're listening to it, of course, on www.mypodcasthouse.com. Welshie and Lylan here with me as well, boys. So, Mercer, what a ripper bloke. Great bloke. Yeah, very fun uh, fun chat, and uh, be good to see him uh, wrestle in a couple of weeks. I it's think I impressed him with my selfie skills at the end there. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh Give the camera to the shortest arm bloke in the room. Yeah, you exactly. got a six foot five bloke standing behind you going, just give me the camera, mate. 
Now, of course, that was uh, Enzo and Cass's entrance that we uh, heard there at the start of segment two. And as we welcome in our third co-host who... Third wheel, we'll call well, him. He didn't, never seems to come into the studio, but that's all right. He joins us on the phone again. Jay, good day to you. How are you guys? I might be coming in next week. Might but, be. Uh, yeah, oh, well, yeah. Because we've got Dermot Brereton coming on next week, you're going to come into the studio. You're just for the big names, aren't you? You're Vulcan, Dermot Brereton... Um, Oh, did, wasn't on no, the Twitch. Well, he's a big, he's a big Andy Coin fan as well. Who yeah. we've got on next week? Oh. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, I think it's the other way around. I consider myself the big name, but yeah, let, let's well, digress. Carabot's not a huge name. It is, it is a long name. It is quite a long name. So it's we haven't confirmed Dermot Burnham for next week. <laughs> I think it's the week. It's after. the week after we're oh, playing. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm but okay, you've got a world exclusive. We do have Dermot Burden coming on in, in two, two weeks. weeks. Beautiful stuff. Um, the reason I mentioned Enzo and Cass's entrance was because uh, WWE have parted ways with Big Cass. So yeah, we he, thought we'd play a little bit of a tribute there. Yeah, play yeah. the entrance while he makes his exit. Well done, Tony. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just that sort of bloke, aren't I? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about wrestling crowds putting themselves over, and on Friday night. I saw one of the worst examples of someone in the crowd trying to get themselves over that I've ever seen in my life. Yep, definitely, Lyle? 100%. 100%. Yeah, I've seen it actually to live be in fair, the studio. I think I heard that same guy. Well, you were that guy. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was on it, and, uh, I, was, and I really wanted to give, uh, pay homage and just give a bit of uh, support to the Brat Pack. I mean, what a, what a glorious... The Brat Pack weren't wrestling. No, it was Waterman, yeah, Mitch Waterman. And also, that's... you went straight after the show to JXT to put yourself over for starting the JXT yep. chant. He doesn't yeah, need do. you to start and, the chant. Um, You're a disgrace. I do refer to people as jabronis a lot after a couple of beers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Much to my detriment. <laughs> That is funny. Yeah, no one paid the, their $30 <laughs> ticket to see you, mate. Just give me my 30 cent soft surf cone next time. <laughs> it was loud. It was loud. I, and I defended a, uh, um, a lady's honour there as well, you know. Well, like, she didn't need her honour being defended. Uh, she was no, working. She didn't. That's very backwards. <laughs> I, 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 um, I recant on that. That's um, not very progressive. Um, yeah. Big Casper's. Big Big casket in the uh, the yes. Kyber. Yeah, that's yeah. a good riddance. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not going to miss him at all. I actually, yeah, they may have went a bit of old school with the pay per view. They could have told us it was a loser leave town match. <laughs> Maybe more people would have tuned in. I, I tell you what, um, it is strange timing because that was probably Big Cass's best singles match he's had in WWE. I yeah. mean, it's not a, a Melbourne Cup field, but he was <laughs> he was actually serviceable. No, nah, that, that, yeah. that match was, that was all right. You know, it's any time you can see Daniel Bryan beat the seven-foot look. But, uh, <laughs> hope he's got something else on his resume that you can't teach because he needs a job. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, judging by how Cass and, you know, it's hard to say, but judging how Cass and uh, Enzo seem to be behind the, you know, backstage, I think there might be a bit more at play than, um, than wrestling in the ring because, well, you know, they went from giving him a spot to boom. I mean, you know, I, I, get the uh, feeling, I get the feeling he asked for his release. Yeah. Well, maybe he, he may have a rap video coming out. In a couple of days, so I'm maybe sure Meltzer getting... will let us know. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. I mean, if they get if Cass and him, uh, Enzo and Cass somehow form together, I know they, don't, they apparently don't like each other. That could be some. Uh, well, we don't like you, and we're going okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we, uh, we've been waiting for it for a couple of months now. We've sort of had that inkling that there was going to be a big show. Waiting for it for 16 years. Yeah, but we knew that there was going to be a big show coming up in Melbourne at the MCG. We didn't know when. We didn't know exactly the dates. And then all of a sudden, Mr. McMahon comes out and says these great words. Proud to say that WWE will be making history in... I'm proud to say that WWE will be making history in Australia, presenting Super Showdown on Saturday, October the 6th, the first ever live WWE broadcast from Melbourne at the iconic Melbourne Cricket Ground. Super Showdown will feature John Cena, Ronda Rousey, and practically every superstar from Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live, along with some of the greatest legends in sports entertainment, including... Sean Michael, Big Show, and Kurt Angle. By the way, The Undertaker and Triple H will compete against each other for the very last time, ending an iconic era in WWE. Promoter Paul Daney and I invite the entire WWE universe in Australia and around the world to witness the biggest WWE live event in Australian history, WWE Super Showdown, live from the MCG in Melbourne on Saturday, October 6th. There he is, Vince McMahon, talking about uh, the announcement of coming down to the MCG. And I don't, I don't care whether you're a wrestling fan or not. If you're a Melbourneian, you've got to be proud about that announcement because they could have taken it anywhere. They could take it to Sydney. They could have taken it anywhere. But they've come to the iconic MCG, as Vince McMahon said, and expect to get seventy to 80,000 people there in what should be an absolute ripper of a night. Very exciting. Uh, can't wait to see um, the, the uh, actual seating to uh, price category and where we're going to spend way too much money on LC. It's going to be an uh, awesome event. Well, um, I've, I've got a leaked version of the price category. Uh, ringside's around two thousand dollars. Oh, they're the ones we're getting. Uh, my um, podcast here is that right, huh? <laughs> yeah. The the cheaper seats are thirty five dollars. So, Gee, you see, that's so reasonable. Yeah, that's good. Uh, It'll be back, nose back a level four, nose but that's it. fine. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so yeah, category category three's five hundred. Category four's three hundred, um, and then it ranges down in pretty much 30 to $40 increments down. So, look, there's a price range for everyone who wants to go to the show. It will be worth whatever you can afford to pay just to see The Undertaker's entrance for me. Yeah, that, that that's more... I've been talking to friends and uh, even co-workers about it. It's, I think the actual in-ring were probably going to be secondary on the night. I think the atmosphere and just being part of something... You know, this... You know, if they come back next year or in a few years, I think everyone's going to remember. Global Warning Tour still gets talked about. It's one of the best experiences of my life was going to the Global Warning Tour. I had um, pretty good seats um, and the card. When you look back at that card, it, it was, was incredible. Wow. Um, yeah. The main event, I think, was Triple H, Brock Lesnar, and was it The Rock? Uh, That's right. And then you had Chris Jericho, full heel. I was the only one in the stadium cheering. <laughs> it was amazing. I just hope that yeah. we get... Um, I just want to hear the pop that we get when uh, the Iconics come out. I think if they get something really good to do on the day, that'd be nice. And I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing Buddy Murphy get some time in the ring as well because I think 
the Melbourne crowd are going to go nuts again. Yeah, definitely. That'll that'll be good. So Jay, he took, uh, Jay, he talks about sorry. there being yeah. a, a, every superstar from Raw, from SmackDown, and then also you named some some others as well. It's going to be a massive card. It sure is, and I think um, as you guys said with the price um, categories as well, everyone's going to be it's going to be an experience for everyone. I think um, Undertaker, Triple H, that's just going to be a really huge iconic match. There's going to be title matches. I mean. Hopefully, Brock Lesnar doesn't have the universal title, so we get to see that on um, on display. It's, yeah, it's going to be stacked. It's going to be a very long pay-per-view, I think. And as um, Slade Mercer was saying earlier, it's a really good opportunity for all of the local promotions to make this our WrestleMania weekend. So yeah. Melbourne City Wrestling have already announced that they're going to have a massive show. Uh, I imagine that there'll be... Uh, that PCW and a few other... Uh, BCW, perhaps... We'll, we'll announce shows as well because Friday night, you, two companies could easily run a show Friday night and I think Sunday matinee would be a great idea as well because you'll have yep. just about every worker in, from Australia and New Zealand here. So getting so booking workers is not going to be an issue. And the Absolutely fans are already going to be here. I plan to see yeah, as much wrestling that weekend as I possibly can. Yeah, that's can. my WrestleMania weekend. So. And you said it WrestleMania um, weekend. Uh, wrestling fans, it's really quite accustomed to it now for NXT takeovers, preceding all the big pay-per-views. So it's really common practice to have those two big nights and it's kind of almost like a takeover or like you guys Well, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor often at WrestleMania weekend. Impact, they all come to town. Yeah, I think over the the four or five days of the WrestleMania weekend, I don't want to get the number wrong, but there's near 30, 30 different shows, maybe more. I know that I... Watched, oh, it was probably thirty something hours of wrestling over those four days. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of time sitting in the car. I'm on. Corey Gray talked about how many um, uh, hours he spent commentating over that weekend or that week. Trying uh, not to go like, to the toilet. Yeah, he was. Uh, Corey Gray spent like something like eleven hours over a couple of days of commentating. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh let let's talk about uh, NXT Takeover from Sunday our time. Uh, what an incredible show! Wow, yeah, sure was. Um, yeah, you had a couple of um, really huge matches. I think uh, Ricochet and Velveteen Dream didn't disappoint. Um, what a match! I mean, Velveteen Dream's um, you know uh, his stock continued to rise, and uh, Ricochet. Really put it out there on the on that, uh, that big forum. That four fifty. That was a six thirty. That finish. But what the four fifty? That oh, was that yeah. distance. Yeah, that was crazy. And even the the uh, the missed uh, elbow. Uh, he got Look, all the told, way across the ring. It told a real story. The match of one upsmanship, yep. which the whole feud had told. Yeah. So I really, I yep. really enjoyed it. And the main event was insane. Yeah. That, wow. Yeah, that champer. Yeah. Easily the the best heel. In the company. Incompetence from the referee, though. Yeah, that was poor. Surely as soon as guys in suits come out and try and hold you back, the match is over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did uh, quite enjoy the taking the wedding ring off, spitting on it and throwing it in a crowd. That was a... That was a... It was a very... <laughs> look, it's a very personal feud, and Champa is, like, he's doing the, the great heel thing where he will not let uh, WWE sell any of his merchandise 
if you talk to him in the street, he'll tell you where to go. He's doing it real old school. Yeah. And not many people do it because people are scared of the hate these days, but you've got to really love his work. Yeah, I think it was about what was it, six or seven years ago when Chris Jericho really got into it and he pushed those fans, maybe struck one of those fans. I, and, yeah, he didn't pose for photos. He didn't have merchandise. I I think it's a good well, we, good way to take it. We talk a lot about how great of a babyface that Gargano is and how he's probably the premier babyface in the world at the moment. Yep. But you can't have that great babyface without yep. Yep. the amazing heel. So, really, they're... They're two edges of the same coin, yep. if you know what I mean. And their tag team I loved, and I just wish I, I wish they had done this feud on the main roster, but then you know that they wouldn't have done it justice on the main roster, so we're, I guess we're blessed. No, nah, it would have had... Yeah, you know, This is all... You know, the wheels are off. They would have had... The thing that, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. The thing that I love about that... Sorry for interrupting. The thing that I love about the feud is... Um, what they've got from the crowd, we were talking last week about how the crowd doesn't play their part. It, it is letting the crowd boo the heel and cheer the face. Like, Ciampa gets real heat from the crowd, not because he's incompetent, but because he's so good at being a heel. And, well, Gargano. Gargano. And they had the they had the crowd spot as well where the guy's sign was used, which yeah, was, man, which that was, was a, clever. Yeah, there's a couple of plants there. There was it was just a really well put together match. And you Jay, know? you were talking about Shayna Baszler's uh, work as yep. a heel as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm really like just the facial expression. She's really got this aggressive bully kind of thing happening really, really well. I must say, I am a fan of the. MMA um, girls coming into the WWE. I know it's pretty easy to beat on uh, Ronda or, or or whatever. I think it gives us legitimacy to the women's division, added legitimacy. And she just looks, she looks like a badass right now. And, um, yeah, just knocking people out. And I think she's a really cool, legitimate character and really good heel. She's going to get that uh, heel feeling too as well. So NXT is doing really well there. Well, she's had the hit. She had the character work down from the May Young Classic, but her in ring work has improved a lot. Yeah, big fan. I'm I'm enjoying it. I thought that was a pretty cool match again. I think Cross has got this crazy kind of uh, feel to her, so I reckon that was that was that was pretty good. It was a pretty good match. And Money in the Bank was a really good show as well. Yeah, that was solid. Yeah. On the back of you know a great night of NXT. You know, it's only NXT does it. You know, it's a bit smaller. You know, there's only five matches, but they're high-profile matches, you know. Um, yep. But, yeah, leading into that, and then you follow up the next night with Money in the Bank, you know, that, that, was, that was solid. Well, what I liked about it, they took a leaf out of New Japan's book where they started with the lower-profile matches and built during, yep. the, during the show. So, uh, you know, you usually expect a hot start with one of the Money in the Bank matches or a title match like, I was expecting Seth Rollins to yeah, open the show. Yeah. Well, he has the last couple of pay-per-views. So. But they didn't do that. They they went with Big Cass, and then they had the Sami Zayn match. They got those matches out of the way. Roman was quite early on the card. The The fans gave it the respect that we expected them to, which was none. No, the crowd got themselves over as much as Jay did on Friday night. But yeah. the end so, of the... So the uh, I think it was a great card considering um, the handicap they, they gave themselves. There were three matches there that probably shouldn't have been on the card. I mean, Reigns and Jinder was never... You know, 
Uh, in terms of the uh, inter, um, IWC, at least, that was never going to get any love. Like, there was no way that was going to get a lo- uh, love at all. Um, Bobby Lashley and Zayn, despite Zayn's work, was just a, was just a, you know, it was a Look, terrible. Feud, the match was the, perfectly the, fine, but it was it was a raw boring. match, not a not yeah. a pay per view match. Yeah. There's nothing to get invested in. Well, there was no Absolutely. bad matches. No, no, they, no, they weren't. Yeah, the, the Rollins uh, Elias match was good. What did you think about the Rollins grabbing the trunks for the pin? I Is thought that, that they bit... wasted it the next night on Raw. Yeah, I know. Eventually, Elias is you know the crowd's going to win out. He's going to turn babyface, and you could see on Raw it's a slow turn. I wasn't sure why they went with the grabbing of the tights. Maybe it was just to push. You know, Rollins obviously not going to get booed for that. But I think it may be pushing Elias into yeah, the I'm not sure. baby face. Ronda Rousey continues to impress for me. Well, she can work. I think that she can sell. Yeah, I think that just proves she she can work with Nia Jax. Obviously, we know her limitations. And yeah. I, I thought that was a good Nia Jax match. That was that was. And yeah. we were all we we're all ready for Ronda to put on that armbar and Alexa comes in, and that was <laughs> that was beautiful. I love that the the women are the ones that. Took center stage. Yep. Me too. I thought that was dumb. Um, it's, it's two matches now where Ronda's done real well in a hectic... Part of it has been the hectic match to kind of um, support the fact that she's, you know, perhaps a bit raw in terms of pro wrestling. I mean, the, the mixed uh, match at well, uh, WrestleMania had, you know, that was, it, was a, it was a crazy wreck. Uh, but it was beautiful, and um, and that match obviously with the cash in, but it's given Ronda not not an out, but it hasn't been that you know real typical WWE match. And um, yeah, I thought it was I, I was really insane. I gotta say, I really enjoyed that. Match. And, and Jay, you're at your first ever indie show on the on the weekend. How did you find the experience? Besides oh, trying I to get yourself to, over, I've been I've been to one other, but um, yeah, that was a long time. That was a bit uh, in Amsterdam, but um, yeah, I mean. For a wrestling the whole Dragonfly restaurant? <laughs> was it the Dragonfly restaurant? Yeah, one of those ones. Um, yeah, it was um, only my second. I really, I, I quite um, love the crowd, love the feel. Definitely going to be back. Uh, I can't believe I've got, I've done more podcasts than these um, indie wrestling events. But you're our yeah, mainstream guy. <laughs> believe us, we can't believe you've done this much podcasting either. <laughs> yeah, incredible. I mean, yeah, this is why uh, Phil Jenkinson had to go at us, you know, that I've basically not even... Uh, he deleted that tweet. <laughs> but look, I, um, we touched on it with Slade, but I enjoyed most of the show. They were unlucky at the end with an injury, yeah. but um, there's a lot they can do. The storytelling was really good and very different. So I, I'd suggest that everybody give Underworld a shot. Give, uh, their next show's been put back till August now. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd say get along to that. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, make an effort to go there. I think just, yeah, the different concept, yeah, we've, we've touched on it in the uh, previous weeks, but, you know, the the way the night flowed, moving in and out of, um, you know, work shoot, if that's what you want to call it. I think the more reality-based, it was, you know, it was just really entertaining. When they hit, their big stuff was... They hit. Over. It yeah. was, yeah, so, no, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to well, August. Good. Someone who will be attending the next Underworld show is the winner of our Money in the Bank competition. Ooh. Ooh. That happens to me. 
So that was definitely not Jay, who didn't do very well at all in his suggestions. Yes. Uh, I was like, yeah, I must have. No, it was... And I cheat, too. I, I look at the betting odds. It was... I look at the betting odds and tip using the betting odds, and they're no good. Yeah, that's why you don't bet on wrestling. But the winner was James Bolton. Oh, congratulations, James. Oh, well done, James. So, James, we will... I have the tickets. I have them in my inbox, so I'll get them out to you in the next couple of days. Great stuff. Kayfabe Corner, Jay, to wrap us up. All right, K-Fab Corner, uh, wealthy, um, inspired by himself. Um, obviously, Ronda Rousey got a 30-day suspension uh, on Monday for um, or, or Tuesday, our time, for um, basically, um, you know, beating on Bliss, uh, attacking uh, Angle with a uh, briefcase and attacking uh, officials. Uh, so it's not 30 days from that for that when... Um, yeah, um, basically, Reigns and Strowman have used um, ambulances, clutch, well, you name it. the Miz, Sheamus, Cesaro and Kane tried to murder Braun Strowman with a garbage truck and they didn't get suspended. Yeah, where's their suspension? That should be like... A year. I mean, no, that could be jail. That is jail time. And Reigns, Reigns, like, viciously attacked Jinder while he was just walking to the ring. Uh, Johnny Gargano beat up officials the other day. (laughs) Like, it's so inconsistent. Is it just because they were embarrassed that a girl beat them up? But the girl's Ronda Rousey. She can beat most people up. up. You're right, to be honest, uh, boys. How realistic is it to have... Some, uh, a suspension system that's so inconsistent like that. Like, imagine the AFL had something so inconsistent. And, Definitely wouldn't happen. Oh, yeah. Never happen. Nope. Never, never would happen. It's just black I, and white. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. Yeah, I can see now. No. Um, <laughs> is there a match review panel? Do they have, like... I think those, Michael Christensen you know, contact, decides. High-grade contact. I'm not sure. Uh, Lyle... What have we got coming up this week in well, wrestling in Melbourne? Uh, in Melbourne, uh, well, we got the International Assault Tour kicking off. Uh, so that's Friday and Saturday night. And that's also in Adelaide Sunday and Sydney on Monday, I believe. Yeah, that's a stacked card. You know, you got uh, Zach uh, Sabre Jr. versus our very own Jonah Rock, uh, Australia's own, I should say. Uh, I'm looking forward to probably that match. The most of the weekend, and then the the night after, Zack Sabre Jr. and Slex. Well, you right. also got Abyss, Austin Aries, Marty Skrull, Hangman Page. Uh, that's out in Fern Tree Gully, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, the PCW Arena. So, yeah, there's some good Aussie talent on there as well. You know, uh, Robbie Eagles, um, the Philippe brothers are on there in a couple yeah. of tags. Couple of tag. I think Indy Hartwell might be on the show as well. Yeah, I think she'll wearing, be on there. Wearing her wearing t-shirt, t-shirt right now. Yeah, she's your favourite wrestler. She is. And NAW have got a their first anniversary show Saturday night in Glenroy as well. So, yes. So no, they, they, every weekend in Melbourne, there's plenty of wrestling to go around. So yeah, also uh, plenty of wrestling uh, Adelaide in on Sunday and also in Sydney. We mentioned that. Yes. yes. Good. And uh, if any of those shows out there listening. To our podcast, would like to get involved. All you need to do is hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, and we'd love to promote your show, not just here in Melbourne, but uh, right around Australia, right around the world, actually. Yeah. Our great friends in Japan that are listening to the podcast, Konnichiwa. <laughs> Did they have the podcast in Darwin? 
Yes, they did. Oh, that would have been good over a couple yeah, of years, mate. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, what's happening next week, boys? Next, you're coming into the studio, Jay. I think so. I think I might be coming in. Oh. I'll, I'll speak to. Uh, well, I'll see you about that. I mean, yeah, I, I could be there. Could be All right, there. okay. So um, we're joined next week by Lord Andy Coyne, Ooh, which will be, be a great. One. It'll be great to talk to him about uh, what happened in England and how what's happening in Melbourne at the moment compares, because he's been involved in both, uh, and he's just he's a really good guy and he's got a lot of knowledge. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and he's across a lot of promotions as well. So yeah, and oh, then yes, the week after, as Tony mentioned earlier. Cats out of the we bag. Vernon talking about his love of wrestling. I was saving that one, but I guess it's out out of the bag now, everyone. Well, give everyone a little bit of uh, hope. A <laughs> challenge in your head, Belshi. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe hit us up. What do you want us to ask, Dermy? Yeah, good, good. Hey, uh, Jay, see you next week. Uh, happy Rusev Day to you guys as well. I forgot to mention that. And happy Rusev Day. Oh, I thought he said rooted. It's, it's amazing that uh, Rusev has got a world title shot, and it's going to happen on Rusev Day. Yeah, all. Oh, I mean, tonight's Rusev Day. The podcast will come out on Rusev Day, and we'll talk about it next week on Rusev Day as well. Can't wait. <laughs> right. Every day's Rusev. Catch you day. next week. <laughs> See you later. See, See you, guys. boys. Catch you later. Yes, I was catching oh, you sorry, later. You're oh, yeah. sorry, 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 mate. Jeez. <laughs> We're not used to having you here, Tony. You've got to do say goodbye. No, nah, well, she did so well last Fair week. Well, <laughs> see you later, guys. That is another episode of On the <laughs> Turnbuckle Done and Dusted here on mypodcasthouse.com. We'll catch you again next week.